in some ways, Africa is better off than America. Now, before you pick up rocks, allow me to explain. I know what you may be thinking. What do you mean Africa is better than America? In which possible way could that be? Haven't you been there? Haven't you been there to see the wars, the poverty, the sufferings, the, the things? How could a continent like the African continent compare to the majestic America? And with that, I'd, I'd agree in terms of prosperity and wealth. America is a different world entirely. And in fact, I can say this because I've I've been to both. I've lived over 20 years in the country of South Africa, and I've lived a few years now in the United States of America. But still, I come to you and I say, in some ways, the people in Africa are better off. You see, when we think about a capitalist mindset, then yes, everything you may be thinking makes sense. But when you think and look upon this from a spiritual perspective, it's a totally different picture. You see, there is a reason that the Messiah came and said, to the rich man, you want to follow me? Well, sell everything you have. Because he knew the rich man's heart was stuck to his possessions and valued his possessions more than relationship and spiritual growth with God. And it makes and it's not that prosperity and, and blessings and wealth is a bad thing, bar none. Of course not. And I have nothing against that. But it does produce things in the average human being that we need to talk about. Because it has dire consequences on our spiritual life and walk. You see, brothers, sisters, there's a reason American Christianity is American Christianity. And is a reason that it looks so radically different from the Christianity and part and, and most of the rest of the world. You know, when you grow up in America, you may think, you know, because you're surrounded by America, if you've only grew most, most Americans never leave America because I mean, it's a beautiful place as many beautiful states. There's a good reason to stay, of course. And so but with that comes this, you know, you, you only know America and there's nothing per se wrong with that. Don't blame you if that's you. But it does mean that you don't have a perspective that is global. You have a perspective that's just about America. And and today I want to talk to you as a believer who's been on both sides of the world, because that's literally where I've been. I want to give you a new perspective. I want to give you a different perspective that I hope will allow you to watch out for the pitfalls that we have in this country when it comes to our faith. You see, I want to tell you a little bit about what it was like living in South Africa. When I 
lived in South Africa, you need to understand first right off the bat that the, uh, the, the employment rate in a country like South Africa, and this is before the pandemic, was the, the unemployment rate was around 30%. It's probably worse now. And in America, before COVID-19, the unemployment rate was around 3 to 4%, something like that. Now, if you think about an unemployment rate of 30 plus percent, that means almost half the population of the country isn't working. You can think about the consequences of that. Some of which was that, you know, I, I lived in, uh, I lived and worked in, in a city called Santon in South Africa when I was there a few years back. And, and every morning I would get in my car and drive up there. And this was a you could argue a nice part of the country. Uh, this was like the technological sector of the country. There was a, a lot of money flowing into that place. But yet, at the same time, when I was going to work at every single stoplight, we call it a robot, the thing you the lights that you stop at the red lights. Every time you stopped, you would see people begging and, you know, People who have no choice. You know, I know in, in, in the US we have poverty. We have uh, people who would be homeless, people who would be on the street, but you need to understand this is totally different. Because sometimes people in the US, and this is not all people, but some even choose to be on the street because that's the lifestyle they choose. But you need to understand in South Africa it's not like that. The people who are there have no other place to go. If you go to any American fast food chain, you know, most of them, I, I don't know about where you are, but where I'm at on, on the East Coast, I just drive past a McDonald's or any kind of fast food chain and I see now hiring on the glass window. I see opportunities, even, and I'm not saying that's a lucrative, lucrative career path, but there, there is an opportunity to have a job. In South Africa, there is for most, I want to say, not most, many people, there is no such opportunity. You cannot go to your local McDonald's and, and find a job there because it's there's so many people without work. Okay, so this means that the country is so different that if you went there, it's going to be a culture shock as an American. The suffering is on another level. And I'm not saying that Americans don't have issues and there's no suffering in America because surely there is. No, certainly there is. But when we compare, generally speaking, we look at the general population, we compare. It is a different world entirely. And you know, I, I just one more example to give you more perspective. Um, I could go not far from my house and I lived in a not bad area. I, I, I lived in a middle class neighborhood. And if I were to go not too far, almost walking distance from my house, I would be able to walk into a what we call a a, a a squatter camp where there are people who just have no place to go. They basically took uh, sheet roofing, metal roofing, and they just 
plucked it all together and that's their home. It's this little thing and then they have 10 people living there. And okay, like, and then when they, in the day they would go onto the streets and, and hope to find a quick job, a, and what they, what they call a, a, just something opportunistic, no plan for the day, no idea where they're going to have money come from, no idea how they're going to have a piece of bread that night for them and not even to mention their own family. Okay. This is what it's like. And when you have that, when we, when what I'm talking about here, I need you to understand that this is most of the world. And I know maybe as an American, that sounds almost impossible, but most of the world lives in harsh conditions that are rife with poverty. If it's not poverty, it's harsh persecution from the government and oppressions. Okay, there's America has and, and, and much of the Western world that is, has it good. And we don't understand that most of the people in this world don't have it this way. And also, even going back to the first century, it wasn't this easy. And people, you know, when I look at one of the shocking, most shocking things to me was when we had this political upheaval in America that happened, you know, with the recent change of administration, the amount of Christians who are crying out, it's the end of the world. It's the end of America. It's oh, no, it's it's over. And I, I got sick to my stomach because they have no idea what they're talking about. Because when I look at where I came from and where my country was politically and in all other ways, and I look at America and look, I'm not saying things are going well. There are many things that are not good. But brothers, sisters, get perspective. There is still hope for America. God is God has the power to move in this nation. God has. And if we say that it's over, it's game over. God can't do anything. You know, he can't even save it. We are saying God is not powerful enough. He has saved nations worse off than America. But I want to ask you a bigger question today. And that is that have you allowed the comforts that we have in America, the American dream to be your spiritual draught? The American dream isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's 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 great compared to much of the world for our flesh, but it's a death sentence for our spirits if we are not careful about what we're engaging in. And like I say, there's nothing wrong with having a house, having everything that we can have, right? Blessings. It's nothing wrong with that. But what I want to talk about is be careful about what it can produce inside of you. What I'm getting at is, you know, they've done experiments, social experiments with this, you know, you, and, and you would know this even just from experience if you've you, you may, you know, if you have a person who who has riches, usually those riches have come through opportunities. In other words, it's maybe because they had a come out of a wealthy family. They were educated. 
they, they were able to get an education that's well you know they um or maybe they were just very smart individuals and they just struck gold and you know and and i'm not saying that hard work is not involved because it almost always is but there's also an element of opportunity where you were born and things like that and so taking that all in, in mind and perspective much of our success and wealth and blessings are some are oftentimes just if you were born on the other side of the world it may have just looked very different for you but even despite this this understanding of how we can be so blessed and you know not deserve what we have there's this human part of us that this fleshly fallen nature that when we get things we tend to it tends to make us more greedy than generous and people who are who don't have a lot are the most generous people on the face of this world i've seen it myself i've worked with people in poverty often in south africa i have seen you know when i was ministering the gospel to people who are poor i have seen how eager they are to share the little they have even if they have nothing to share but yet when we have people who are rich who are wealthy and, and i'm talking about a middle-class american because that's what wealthy is compared to the things i'm talking about here today when we look at that kind of wealth it easily causes us to become more um, um, self-seeking and more concerned with self-gain and this is not just financial um, pride I'm talking about where we don't want to be generous with our money which is a big issue in of itself and which we need to be careful or but I'm talking about what that produces in us you see if and this is this is the big I'm getting to the big reason for spiritual Jordan America if you are if if you get caught up in self gain and and trying to have things work out for you at the expense of others and not having an open hand to share with others not being eager to help others if that's at the backbone somewhat of 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 your life and it's been produced by often produced by the things you have what it causes is for you to care less about other people that's what it does at its root, it, it causes you to have less love for other people. You are more concerned with loving your own things than loving other people. And then consequently loving God. Because loving people and loving God are very connected. And what this then goes further into is it causes us to because we care less about others we would naturally then start caring less about the salvation of others when we look at barna group the statistics the amount the percentage of young people who have no regard for evangelism or the importance for evangelism it's the 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 the, the figures are staggering i encourage you to look them up what is being produced and has been produced in America since it started gaining more wealth in recent years is, and since the middle class started becoming more wealthy, is it's produced a American Christianity that is more concerned with itself 
than others. And and what I mean by that is the average American Christian is not concerned about the salvation of the unbeliever, the person who's not a believer. And we see it simply by looking around in our at our churches, at our fellowships, our communities. And I'm not saying there aren't people out there who are on the other side of this and passionate for the gospel. There are. But I'm talking about the bigger issue of those who aren't. And and with what this all just I mean, it just gets worse and worse as we go, because what this thing goes further into is our lack of desire and dependence for the Holy Spirit. You know, when I look back at South Africa and my 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 ministry there, what I ha- saw was the hunger and people for God hunger for his Holy Spirit. But see, you know why that hunger was there? Because people knew they were weak. People knew that if God was not going to show up for me, I am going to stay in the dirt. I have no hope. My world is ending. But in America, people believe that their wealth can save them. They believe that as long as they can, they have money in the bank or investments in the stock market that they have the security that can be bought with money. But they fail to understand that all that can be taken away in an instant. It can go to shambles. And the only thing that we really have is God, even if you don't know it, even if you don't believe in him, even if you've rejected him and hate him. The only thing you've got in this life is God. And if if God is is not what you depend on. The things you depend on is the things of this world, and it will fail you sooner or later. It will. It's a I, I, I guarantee you that the things of this world, money, a stable, seemingly stable job, a, um, a whatever it is you depend on, you put trust in, it will fail you. And I hope that what coronavirus did to this world has shown you some of that as evidence of how many people who thought they were secure and safe in this world, depending on the things of this world, they had the rug taken out from under them. And suddenly they realized that actually I'm not safe. And many of these people have started to look up to God because they realized that they have no real hope besides for him. So brothers and sisters, what I am asking you is has the American dream started strangling you away from God, strangling you, your spiritual life, strangling you to the point where you don't even feel hungry for his Holy Spirit, because who cares? I don't need that. That's what you fool yourself by. But what you really need to understand is you need him. And if you feel like ah, evangelism, who's that for? Why would I care about that? I don't really feel like I want to do that. And if you're not doing that, you're not you're not having any form of being a, a well of living water where the living waters flow from. Like if you don't have that, then that's evidence that you're being strangled. Your spiritual life is being strangled by your American dream. And it. It, 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 it 
worries me because when I look at this, where we are going, and I just see that how much the world is trusting and the world, I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm worried about our next new generation because our parents aren't teaching their children to trust in God more than in a country to trust in God more than in a president. How many of us have called out that this president or that president would save us as if there are some Messiah? No one is going to save this country except Yeshua. And if you don't look to him. OK, it's not going to work. Look, brothers and sisters. I. You, you need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the only thing that is going. If you if you don't get that in your mind, in your heart, that he's the thing that needs to be in your life. And that's the thing that's going to change this country. You are wasting your time. You know, I understand, you know, I, I was in this place where knowledge of the word was the epitome of the spiritual experience. Understand having a Bible study, studying the Bible doing these things, right? These were things that I found value in as a believer. Fellowshipping. I I love this stuff. I love reading the Bible. I love trying. I had this hunger to to do the commandments and be like my Messiah. That's beautiful. But there was something wrong. Long story short, I did not really have the Holy Spirit the way I should have. I believe I was saved, but but the, and, and, and I believe that I was being led by the spirit in my life. But but if I'm being honest, the Holy Spirit was not as active in my life as it was in the lives of those in the first century, as I read in the book of Acts, because I didn't allow him to be. I didn't allow him to to be to be what he wants to be, man, like when I read and, and that's what happened is I, I started reading my Bible and the parts of it that I would sometimes have glossed over. And I started realizing that there's something wrong with my spiritual life and with the spiritual life of people around me. And look, this was back in South Africa when I started look seeing this. And then and then I came to America and I started seeing that there are so many so many American Christians. I mean, it's so massive here. It's beautiful. I love it that Christianity is big here. But what I see is that in some ways even worse than it was in South Africa, because here people aren't interested in this Holy Spirit, even less interested. And, you know, and they're very interested in knowledge. They're very interested in Bible Gain, knowledge gain and and knowledge gain of other things in this world, conspiracies and what all things. I'm not saying all those things are bad, but a lot of stuff. Because why? When we know more, we think we are better. It feeds this American, the same thing that this American dream and prosperity has been feeding. The wealth has been feeding. Yeshua said, I don't even have a place to raise my head for a reason. He understood that the call to be for the Lord sometimes comes at a cost of giving up things. And and I'm not saying we should all be poor, but I am saying that you need to be willing to give it all up in a heartbeat. And I want to ask you if you're really able to do so.
If you're really able to sell everything like that rich man did or 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 go sleep on the streets with Yeshua if he called you to that tonight. Because that's the cost of the cross that people have said there's no cost to being a Christian. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. <laughs> I have no idea why people say that it comes at a great cost to be a true believer. You need to be willing to give it all up, sell everything you have. That's what I did. I remember when God called me to just move to the US, he called me. I had to sell everything. I came with a suitcase with clothes in it. That's basically it. It was the most most rewarding, most wonderful thing. I one of the most wonderful things I've ever done is is being like, Lord, I know you're calling me to this place. I know you're calling me to this and I'm giving everything up. And I, I know that I'm losing financial uh, position because selling things is, you know how it is. But yet I gained him. I gained his calling. I gained I gained everything in, in that way. And coming here, I, I realized why God called me here. Because back in South Africa, I, as I, I realized that there's this thing in the Bible that I'm not seeing around me. And what I mean is I, I saw that there's things missing. The Holy Spirit is missing. I see that Yeshua and his disciples went out. They healed the sick. They casted out demons. They raised the dead. There was power that followed their lives. And then Paul said that I did not come to you when he's talking to this church. He's like, I did not come to you with just wise words, but with a demonstration of the spirit so that your faith does not rest in the power of man, but or in in some wisdom of a man, but in the power of God. Moses knew the same because God told him to go in power and not just words when he went to Pharaoh and to the children of Israel, because words weren't going to cut it. But in American Christianity, we think words are what's going to cut it. We think that having all the knowledge in the world is what's going to cut it. I love it. Knowledge is is valuable. But you think that what you learn at university is what's going to cut it when you go and become a theology student. You know, that's what, what how we grow up thinking. You want to become a minister, go to the university and learn a bunch of stuff. I'm not, I'm not bashing that. I, I think it's great. But but here's the here's the deal is that's not the full picture. Because none of the disciples went there. And I'm not saying it's bad to go. But my point is that there there was something that they received that they didn't receive from a university or some institution or anything like that. They received his Holy Spirit. And that's not something that you apply for at a university. It's not part of the curriculum. And and this is not, again, to bash education. I'm just saying that. The mindset in the Western world is knowledge driven. And sometimes at the expense of the Holy Spirit and the, the, and the, the value that, of how much we need the Holy Spirit. You see, and the, the most beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is, is that if you just start, all that you really need is to understand how much you need him. And. I say that with tears welling up because I I look back at my life and I see, wow, there was a time where I had so much knowledge 
Yet so little spirit, so little love, so little I looked so little like the Messiah, even though I know knew so much about him. And that's what we have today. Uh, I, I see a lot of people who are like I am. I was uh, a lot of knowing about who the Messiah is, how he ate, how he slept, how how he spent his days, how he thought, how he everything we know about him. I love that. But then. We don't do not do what he did. We know a lot about God, but we don't know God. And because we don't know God, we don't do what he did. And because you can't do what he did if you don't know him, because the things he did were so supernatural that if you don't intimately know him, you you are unable to do it because the things that he did were above human ability. And it was for purpose. You know why God chose to do supernatural things through his Holy Spirit all the time, like raising dead people, healing impossible sicknesses, casting on demons that no one else could have cast out and cured people. No one could have cured from emotional bondage and things like that Samaritan woman who were who was in her emotional bondage for all those years. Do you know why he did these supernatural things? One of I mean, God could have given us all the ability to do that bar none as just humans, but he didn't because he wanted us to understand that that we really need him, that we that there is a real need and you cannot be like him without his Holy Spirit. And, you know, brothers and sisters, what is the most concerning thing is how American Christianity thinks that it can be Christians without having the power. This is what the Pharisees thought was all right. The Pharisees who came against Yeshua. They had all the knowledge about him, about God, they thought. But yet. They had no power. They had no authority in the spiritual realm. None of these things. But they had knowledge, so they thought that's what qualifies them before God, isn't it? No, not necessarily. God needed a relationship that would ultimately lead to having the Holy Spirit's power flowing through their lives. That's what happened to the disciples. That's what happened through Yeshua's life. And he's our model. So I want you to see this because you need to get so hungry. Look, if you you, you can have a nice house and everything, OK, nothing wrong. I'm not saying everyone should just be poor now. <laughs> like if you've been blessed by the Lord. Praise God. But then I want to tell you this. Be so careful, man. Be so careful of the comforts of America. America is like a, a when you come here. You know, if you, you've if you've grown up here, it's another deal. But if you've come here, if you come here from a different country, that's a, a more, uh, let's just say, poor country or something like South Africa, like I did. Man, America sings a lullaby. That's lullabying sleep, singing you to sleep and if you're not careful, you're going to fall asleep with the rest of them. That's what I have to do. I know that sounds horrible, but that's what I've experienced is I had to be so careful in guarding myself to not fall asleep with the rest of you. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I'm sorry, but it's just the reality of this place. And that's what and it's nothing. It's just what comfort does to people is they think they can get away with it. That they can look after themselves. So look off, watch out. 
that that doesn't happen to you. And if it has, take a step back, be like, whoa, what am I really putting my trust and faith in? And then when you start realizing all this, you will start to see that, wow, there is. This is wrong. And when you start getting hungry for a spirit, you'll see start. You start seeing a power come. You start seeing your relationship with God restored and you'll start seeing your hunger for evangelism and the lost come back and you'll start seeing the life of the disciples and Yeshua. But you're going to have to possibly give some things up. You see, if if you have possessions and you really feel like these possessions are what is keeping you, then I would say sell. And I would say that's very biblical. If there's things that are, are, are keeping you, sell it. If it's money, give it away. It's better off giving it away. The Bible says you're blessed if you give. So if you've got a lot of money and you feel like it's keeping you back, give it away like that rich man should have done. And it's not what if it's not financial things, it's whatever it is, give it up. So, brothers and sisters, I, I believe that when we get to this place, we'll start to understand like Moses did. We'll start to understand like the disciples did, like Paul did, like Yeshua did, and all the people in the first century alike who understood the value of the Holy Spirit's power. We will understand like they all did that it is impossible, irresponsible to continue a Christian walk without the Messiah's power. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to see I wanted I saw the bar, the Messiah laid his hands on sick people. I see the Bible say believers will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how he would call. How would I, he says cause out demons? I don't know how to do that. That's where I was at. And, and but you know what? I'm going to start laying my hands on a bunch of sick people and see what happens. I'm going to start just praying for people. And if I see someone who has a demon, I'm going to start casting it out and telling it to go just and I don't know how exactly that's going to work yet, but I'm just going to do it because that's what my Bible says I'm supposed to do if I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to know that I can't do it because I can't. I, I'm not able to help anyone. Trust me. But I do know that he is able and he is a physician and he is a healer of all kinds of things, physical, emotional and every other way. And if I trust in him, he could do some amazing things that that America will tell you is impossible, that the university and the other places will tell you is not possible. The the institutions, the what the society will tell you is not possible. You will be able to do when he lives in you. If you are going to be, may I quote, say, quote unquote, foolish enough to trust foolish from the world's perspective, but wise from the biblical perspective. So brothers and sisters, don't fall asleep. There is much work to be done. The next generation needs to see the power of God. If we want to see them follow, there is a revival that is waiting for us. Let's stop waiting for it because it's going to be dependent on whether you get what I'm saying here. And if you don't get what I'm saying here, get on your face and ask him to show you 
how to rely more on his Holy Spirit. Like this video for others to see it and subscribe to this YouTube channel for more just like this one.